Hey, this is episode 10 of the TV Jung podcast, and this is She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. My name is Greg. Thanks for checking out the show. You can follow us on Twitter at TV Jung Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, tvjunkpodcast at gmail.com. We got a big group of guests for the show today. We'll start off with uh, Dax. How's it going, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Greg? Long time no chat. It's been a minute since uh, we've done one of these, or I've yeah, done it with been, you. Yeah. You've been a you've been a busy guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doing doing the forest folk. That's right. The uh, second uh, volume is uh, is it out now, or is it yeah. uh, it's it's ready to ship? Yeah, they're they're starting shipping now. I believe they've started shipping the like basically like single books and anything that doesn't require one of the pins and um, and some of the the art. I'm do I'm actually crushing out commissions as we speak so that the main high tier commission ones aren't ready yet but everything else should start filtering out soon so and of course uh your commission none of them will be as good as the one you did for me right yeah yours was pretty tight <laughs> yeah. well because of people like you actually no yours is fine but um uh i um the you last people. time it was just open commissions it was just do whatever you want and so i was drawing like uh there was one some of the more interesting ones was like Raphael of the turtle as dressed up as Sherlock Holmes and like you know just like random things like a squirrel uh, that's that looks like venom you know what I mean things like <laughs> that right so there was a lot of there was a lot of like mind bending stuff for me and took a lot longer but this time around I said okay only forceful characters and you choose a character or whatever so I'm I'm it's it, they're going faster but uh, uh I got a lot more this time so it's a catch 22 so now I'm I'm still just as busy doing all those. But yeah, your otter ones was good. Can you uh, can you do a like if someone requested a forceful character dressed as Raphael, dressed as yes. Sherlock Holmes? I've pretty much done that. Like I had like a <laughs> get like people are asking for like I have one that is Gus, which is the cat, the grumpy cat, drawn as uh, Edward Scissorhands. Oh, okay. So, I, so I, like I'm doing a lot of stuff like that. But it's fun. Is it it's any fun. requests for forced folk porn yet, or uh, no, not? no? And no, <laughs> it's called hente. <laughs> no, no, that's no. I, I can't. I I won't be doing that kind of stuff. I can't take. <laughs> I can't take it to that uh, that level. I've maintained not doing that my whole career. It's funny. My friends here, uh, some of them, they will not be named. <coughs> have said things like, Hey man, you should really get into the furry scene or to draw like up, like, you know, all that kind of like, <laughs> no man. Like if you go down that road, like they're like, it's big money, man. I'm like, well, probably. Yeah. But I mean, like, but like then I'm, that's my career. You know what I mean? Like I've kind of like shot my shot in that direction and I don't, I don't really want to draw that either. So it's like, it's yeah, it's not really on my, on my list of things to do. So you won't be seeing any of that. Yeah, well, what one can dream. <laughs> yeah. uh and you, you you heard a couple other voices we got uh sean on the show sean how's it going it's going great glad to be here good to talk to you guys it has also been a little while and uh we've got nuno nuno's here again uh for another marvel show are you ready to uh chat uh some she hulk i am ready greg thanks for having me and uh and last but not least as i said we got a big show uh making his a uh, debut on one of the marvel uh disney plus shows it's mr doug nagy doug what's going on brother? friends it is always a pleasure to be with you i have been subpoenaed to she hulk <laughs> <laughs> and uh I, I i'm pretty sure uh uh you'll probably be held in contempt of court at some point oh. during this episode <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, let's go a little bit around the room and and uh, and and see what your familiarity with the uh, the character of She-Hulk uh, was like from the comics. And uh, uh, Dax, we'll, uh, we'll start with you. Were you a big She-Hulk fan? Did you read anything? No, growing up, I never did. I mean, I recognized like every cover they used in the show because, of course, that was my like working at my dad's warehouse, right? I'd be boxing a lot of those uh, books. Um, I never read it. I thought she was cool, like, you know, visually, like some of the people that drew her and stuff like that over the over the runs was neat, but I never really read the book. So when I was talking to a friend of mine while I was playing some uh, World of Warcraft, she's a big uh, She-Hulk fan. So she was pumped about the show and we were discussing and and uh, I remember I don't know if I'd seen in a trailer, but I the whole fourth ball breaking that Mm. is in the in the show and is apparently very prevalent in the comics. So. I wasn't, I, I knew that going in. Um, so like, yeah, I'm sorry. My friend told me that there was a lot of fourth wall breaking in the comic itself. So it wasn't like a big shocker when I started to see that, which was clearly a, a very big part of the show. Yeah. Specifically in the, in the John Byrne run yeah. on, on She-Hulk, there was a lot of that where she would actually reference John Byrne from time to time. And, um, it got, uh, it got pretty out there. Um, uh, Nuno, what about you? A big, uh, big She-Hulk fan? Um, I've always, li- I've always liked the character. Uh, I think I only read some She-Hulk comics kind of recently, leading up to the series. Um, tried reading the John Byrne stuff after the first issue. You know, it was too much. Yeah, it was, it was a bit too meta. And I know that you know, it was ahead of its time. It predates Deadpool doing that, but she was constantly talking to John Byrne, and it was written and drawn by John Byrne, and. I love his artwork. It looks great. Uh, again, like Dak said, some really iconic covers came out of the sensational She-Hulk run. Um, and yeah, I've, she's uh, popped up here and there in different comics I've read over the years. Sean, what about you? Absolutely zero experience with She-Hulk. I mean, I, I knew who she was. I kind of knew about the meta thing. And now that Nuno's saying that John Byrne's run is too meta. And now I'm really interested to read, but uh, <laughs> I haven't read any yet. Uh, Doug? Yeah, never really uh, read much She-Hulk, maybe a comic or two. Um, my favorite thing about She-Hulk was our friend Steve Wintel owned a comic book shop in the Rose City uh, years ago. And there was a guy that would always come in and we called him She-Hulk boy because he would only... <laughs> ever buy She-Hulk comics and or ask Wintel about She-Hulk related news and then would leave the store. So we always would sort of, I don't know, spin tales about what this person was doing with the She-Hulk comics. <laughs> Usually those tales involve vicious masturbation, but we can always suppose. <laughs> well, you know, and it's funny you mentioned that because like, um, especially during that, uh, like the nineties era, um, She-Hulk was kind of that first character that they really tried to uh, use the character's like sexuality and physical appearance uh, in selling a lot of comics. There was a lot of like uh, uh, like bikini shots of, of She-Hulk in the comics, and maybe John Byrne was just a massive pervert. I don't know, uh, but you know he got into that sort of thing. And then it, then uh, the X-Men characters, like Jim Lee, started drawing a lot of his characters uh, that way, and they were always like x-men pool parties and things like that and i think they were really kind of reaching out to the excessive masturbation of uh, teenage boys in in the in the mid 90s they actually put out marvel swimsuit 
like well, collections d- done by the top artists of every title. And yeah, it was mostly the uh, the women of X Men and She Hulk and yeah. Dax, Dax, you spent a lot of time in that warehouse uh, getting <laughs> yeah, into all these like, characters. <laughs> that's the thing, right? Like I remember, I remember even taking them. My dad. Here's a little side story. Um, one of my best buddies that I met in college was because my dad, as a side hustle, used to ask me to take stuff to school when I was at Sheridan College and sell it out of my locker. Now, I don't, he didn't need the money of like the 10 bucks I was making from that. But I think he was just trying to make me, you know, teach me a lesson about, you know, making money or selling or some shit. But I remember one of the things that my buddy ended up buying off me was a Jim Lee Wolverine t-shirt and the swimsuit calendar that Nuno's referring to. So it was like the Jim Lee drawing Psylocke in a waterfall kind of thing. And uh, so, yes, I definitely remember that. I definitely remember that. That's how I made a friend in college. So the uh, the character of She-Hulk uh, was uh, created by uh, Stanley and and John Buscema or Bushima um, back in 1980. Now the reason they created this character, um, oddly enough, is that because the of the Incredible Hulk television show that was massively mm. popular on TV at the time, and because uh, Marvel was really bad with uh, a lot of the deals that they made to get their characters on TV or in movies or whatever like that, so. Uh, they got super worried that uh, um, the television company would, because the Hulk was really popular, that they would create uh, uh, a female Hulk character, kind of like how they created the bionic woman after the $6 million man got popular. So in an effort to make sure that they owned uh, a character like that and that uh, the television company, I, I don't know if remember if it was CBS or ABC at the time, they, they rushed out and created the Savage she-Hulk uh, to get the comic onto onto store shelves, and so they would actually be able to have the rights to that character. So it was it was a Hulk television show that gave us She-Hulk, and now we have a She-Hulk television show that potentially could lead into a Hulk movie. They've got all kinds of stuff happening on this show, but we'll get into that uh, as we uh, uh, discuss She-Hulk: Attorney at Law. It's uh, um, the latest Marvel series on on Disney Plus, uh, nine episodes, about half hour each, so a pretty uh, easy watch. Created by uh, Jessica Gao and stars uh, Tatiana Maslany, uh, Ginger Gonzaga, and uh, Malia Araya. So uh, let's just get some quick thoughts about the show. We'll go around the room and 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 kind of give give your thoughts uh, on the show as a whole. Nuno, we'll start with you. Sure, <clears throat> I am. Um... I was looking forward to it, um, despite all the backlash from the trailer. I like that they captured, you know, essentially that iconic She-Hulk look, the big like '80s, '90s hair and stuff. Uh, I wasn't bothered with the look of it. Um, I think the casting was good. Um, really wanted to like it. I didn't love every episode. I was a bit disappointed in general. Buzzkill, man. Yikes. I think I I think I have MCU like burnout or maybe even Disney Plus burnout. Like the last two Fair. movies. I hated the last two MCU movies. Um which I was have, Thor and what was the other one? Uh Multiverse of Mad. Oh yeah. Right. I had like I, I loved Ragnarok. Ragnarok is my favorite MCU movie. And yeah. I think Love and Thunder is my least favorite. 
Yeah, like it's just was pretty bad. Yeah. So I'm kind of feel, I'm just not feeling the love. I'm kind of just scratching my head at some of the decisions they're making and uh, haven't given up yet. I'm looking forward to Wakanda forever because I haven't seen anything for it, but I like the whole Namor look and I love that character. So um, here's hoping. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Sean, what about you? Overall thoughts on the show? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I assume we're going to be ranking all the Marvel shows again. I, oh, I yes. feel like they're all pretty much very aggressively middle of the road. <laughs> uh, this one, though, was different in the sense that I usually I'm I'm into the first episode or two and, I, and I'm like kind of excited. And then in the middle somewhere, I get kind of bored. I start to lose interest in the plot. This one was kind of the opposite because I, I thought the pilot was kind of just okay you know but then i thought it started to find its groove somewhere in the middle and you know it's not amazing but i do like that it's a little bit more episodic than the other marvel shows like you know just she's dealing with different cases every episode and there is some continuing storylines but you know it's not as uh serialized i guess as the other shows so i you know i had a pretty good time with it i thought it was you know i wasn't like laughing out loud at stuff but yeah you were (laughs) you you were you were guffawing i really wasn't but there were moments that reminded me of in particular the tick which i'm a big fan of so there was some stuff that i liked for sure which which tick are we talking about like the fox animated or or the 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 first live action with david putty or the second live action or the second live action one i mean they're all i feel like kind of all of them really but more more than any the first live action one kind of reminded me of okay all right dax what about you um i actually liked it a lot i i was pleasantly surprised um because i i went into it again not knowing anything about she hulk and i was like this is going to be my kind of jump into that whole comic and I feel like one of my main takeaways is I really liked her as Jennifer Walters. I thought she was awesome. Um, and uh, just it, what I liked about it is that, I mean, it, the end, which I'm sure we'll get into, went a little too far for even my brain, but I think it, it was literally like taken from the comics, you know, once I saw like a little bit of extra on that. So I can kind of go back and give it a little, give it a pass. But I mean, for me, it was just a bit much, Um, but I actually thought that how they dealt with the fourth wall stuff and being consistent with it um, kind of made it valid and and good. Like it worked for me. Um, And I was quite surprised how another one of my biggest takeaways was that for a superhero show to keep me entertained, like it would always like the show would end. I think the running time was good too, like, you know, 30 minutes or whatever, you know, but the fact that it would be very little to no action in these episodes, and I was still entertained for the most part, impressed me considering it's a superhero show. Um, so clearly, I liked the interactions and relationships with the the, the cast and the, the characters and whatnot, for the most part. Um, Animation-wise, I get what everyone's crying about on the internet. Like, <laughs> sure. I, I I don't understand how the mocap first, like certain things are great, but for some reason the walking and stuff like that, like I thought like, I don't see how the mocap could have been that far. She just looks very floaty and rigid walking around. I don't understand how 
that was the case with mocap being as good as it is now, but whatever, I'm not a VFX artist. I don't know. So, um, but yeah, other than that, I enjoyed it. Doug, what about you? So like the first couple episodes, I wasn't sure where it was going, what it was doing. I felt, I felt kind of meh, but by the fourth episode, I actually thought they tied it together. I was excited about the show. I'm like, okay, you know what? I really like this episode. And then for me, the wheels fell off the bus and it exploded. And then somebody brought a hundred cows to shit in that bus. <laughs> and uh, I hated the last episode. I absolutely hated it. Um, it ended terribly. I, I didn't like it at all how it ended. Um I don't, I, I don't know. There are things I liked about the show and we'll get into that. Um, but for me, it was a letdown because by episode four, it, it, it finally had me. I felt like the show was stitched everything together really well. And then I didn't like where it went. Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, um, I, I kind of, I think I fall kind of in the, in the, in the middle between Doug and, and Dax, um, little less cow shitting. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, I think what I what I liked about the show was was like how Sean how you said that it was more uh, episodic than the other ones, and uh, I, I think my my favorite parts were the the individual single episode storylines of 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 the lost stuff and just the interactions with the other characters, the whole storyline of of that intelligentsia. Uh, which I'm, I think is from the comics, but it's, uh, um, but like that whole thing, uh, I thought was, was pretty dumb from, from top to bottom. Um, and it was unfortunate that there was a little bit of that in each of the episodes because like the individual stories that they were telling, whether it was, uh, um, like the episode where, um, and Jennifer wasn't even a part of this, but when they were talking, uh, the two lawyers were, um, doing the case for Mr. Immortal and all of his, his ex-wives. Like I thought that episode was really good. And, uh, the story with, uh, uh, the, the, like the Las Vegas magician, like that episode, yes. I really liked. And, uh, even the Titania stuff with the, with the copyright, uh, in, infringement, uh, lawsuit. Uh, I thought that was a good episode too. Um, but yeah, so when they were trying to string everything together with without the one storyline that would peek through, that's kind of what I didn't like about the show. I think they should have, uh, you know, they kept talking about when the show was coming out that this was like Marvel's take on Ally McBeal. And that's what they should have done and, and just kind of left it at that. Like, I don't think it needed uh, like some sort of long storyline to, to build into some epic conclusion. I think they could have just done, you know, one episode and just kind of talk about how she got her powers and kind of put it through uh, each of the episodes. And, um, but yeah, like there, there was a lot that I really liked, uh, uh, but unfortunately the main, uh, crux of the, of the series was the one thing that I didn't like. Um, so in, in the first episode is we kind of get the, uh, her origin story. Now, when, when they wrote it originally, uh, this was going to be the eighth episode um, so they actually, uh, Kevin Feige decided that uh, they should rejiggle the the order of the episodes, and so people who weren't fully familiar with the character could get an idea. Plus, you know, you get the Hulk in the first episode, and you kind of uh, um, like 
have like the, the star power from episode one. And I guess that was kind of their way to maybe try to keep the audience. Um, but uh, did you feel that this was uh, a good first episode or while you're watching it now that you know that this was episode eight, uh, can you see um, maybe why this would have been better left towards the end? Or do you think it was a good idea to put this one first? What do you so think, Dax? Episode, you're telling me that num- episode one was episode eight? Yes. So how well? So they did the training and all that at the end, or are you saying uh, just yeah? So like uh, like the the whole thing with uh, Titania was uh, so was supposed to conclude with the battle in in the courtroom. So all that stuff would have been uh, um, earlier. Like I mean, but the 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 idea of telling her origin story that piece was yeah. in episode eight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I mean, I I, I don't think I would have cared either way. I also feel like. I think our, sorry, can you hear people arguing outside? <laughs> I have a, no. I live in quite the apartment building these <laughs> days. Um, uh, no. So anyways, uh, I don't know if that would have made episode eight any better for me or not. I feel like I'm, I, I like how episode one started. It felt a little heavy handed with the whole like montage and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm a fan of, of um, the, the MCU's Hulk anyway. So I kind of was excited to see like it start off that way. Which is why I was surprised that because I feel like all the action was in the first episode, right? Like when you when it comes to superhero fighting, for the most part, um, it was it was there because then it just went into very much like she says, no, no, this is my lawyer show, you know what I mean? And it definitely became a lawyer show. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was kind of set up that thing, the the narrative of the show that way pretty well actually that, that it goes from your classic MCU superhero intro to. No, I'm taking my show back. It's a lawyer comedy drama kind of thing or whatever she said. At, you know, and I think it's my love of Night Court is the reason why I loved all the courtroom stuff. And that's, <laughs> that's what I liked about the show. The courtroom stuff was some of my favorite stuff, too. Like, I enjoyed it yeah, very much. Did they not like, I mean, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but like, I feel like there was like a, a musical cue that they used in some of the courtroom stuff that was supposed to be like the people's court. Did anybody else hear that or did I imagine it? I didn't notice anything I didn't like notice that. It. But no. I mean, I'm not surprised if that was in there. Hmm. Um, so um, I, I, I don't know. How do we really want to break it down? I mean, uh, um, the, the, the other Marvel shows, it was, it was rather easy because they, there was different uh, arcs and in like groups of episodes and it was easy to go through that. Whereas this one again was a little more episodic and, um, but I guess, uh, like, we can we can talk about the the intelligentsia storyline, which is, um, I guess it was uh, um, Marvel's way and and maybe uh, some of the creators' way uh, of 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 kind of throwing shade towards a lot of uh, the Marvel fans who are, are negative towards a lot of the female characters uh that we've seen in the in the mcu and um all those people that you know go on to uh imdb or rotten tomatoes and like review bomb all the female uh character driven stuff that marvel or dc or whatever puts out so i think this was kind of a a shot and that's kind of what intelligentsia was i mean it became way more obvious uh in, in the last episode um but there were there were uh parts in the show where they were showing some of the stuff that was being written online about, you know, um, you know, why do we need a, a female Hulk when we already have a male Hulk, which was 
kind of the similar stuff that people were putting online when the they announced that Thor was going to be female in the fourth movie. And, and so like, how did, how did you feel about how they, they were kind of, kind of poking fun towards, I guess, like the, the, uh, the incel viewers of, of the MCU. I, I don't know how better way to put it, but it, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, Sean, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. That's what they were doing. I, I was okay with it. Like, I didn't think it was like groundbreaking stuff or anything. I don't know that they st- really skewered them in an amazing way but like i'm sure like all the stuff they were saying is probably what those people were saying about she hulk right from episode one so uh in that sense i guess i think it was kind of accurate and i mean the show is it's it's interesting i mean like we just talked about how she hulk is was kind of this pinup character wearing like skimpy outfits and stuff and you know, the show is obviously trying to have a bit of a feminist perspective. Uh, but I think, I think they're trying to do this balancing act of like having her be a bit sexy and, and obviously showing her sex life as well. But then you also have kind of the other side of it, the Jennifer Walters kind of struggling to find her identity and kind of being a little more relatable. And uh, I thought that the two sides of that worked well. Um, but yeah, just as far as the in- intelligentsia storyline, I agree. I wasn't, I, I just liked the individual cases. I did not care so much about where it was going. Although, you know, when it comes to that final episode and, and when, I guess when we talk about that a bit more, I did like some of the meta stuff just cause I kind of am a sucker for that stuff in general, but yeah, the overall storyline, I wasn't, I didn't. You yeah, like the robot it. is what you're saying. You love the robot. I, I like the robot. Yeah. yeah this guy like <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I like the robot. Uh, Wait, we, which robot? Kevin. Kevin. Oh, of, so, of course. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Doug, um, thoughts on incels? <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole, like you said, the whole kind of, it, it was the main sort of thread that stitched all the episodes together. And then I didn't like the payoff at all at the end. Right. It's um, they steal her blood for what ends up to be nothing. And it just, it all kind of falters and falls to, to shit. In my opinion, it's just kind of waved away. And then it's like, well, okay. So everything that you had going on in the previous episodes really didn't matter at all for the final episode. And uh, I didn't like the meta stuff really at all. Like um, I, I wasn't aware that the fourth wall stuff was common in the shell comic books. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, the last episode, it was not something that I liked it for me. It wasn't a payoff. And uh, yeah, it was not the last couple of episodes. Like I like the daredevil stuff. Like that was something I liked. And I thought there was good camaraderie between the two characters. That was uh, a high point in the later episodes. But yeah, the intelligentsia stuff just is very strange. I get that they were trying to take on the uh, sort of online haters, um, but if you're going to do that, you have to do it well. And it was it was lame. The uh, I'm pretty sure in the comics, the uh, intelligentsia is something that's created by uh, the leader, uh, who's a, a popular uh, Incredible Hulk uh, villain, and he was he was kind of introduced in uh, uh, Samuel Stearns was introduced in the Ed Norton Hulk movie played by uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson and his his head kind of grew started to grow at the end of the movie. Um, I did hear that the um, 
that was originally the idea. They wanted to bring uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson uh, back for this and have him be behind. But I, I think there's the, a plan to have him uh, uh, show up in the in the new Captain America film that's coming out in a couple of years. So I think that character was kind of off limits for them to use. Um, so maybe that's why we got this weird Hulk King storyline, which was with, with that, you know, rich bro, uh, which was, which was kind of like super lame. Uh, but, uh, but I think uh, that's if, if they, if they weren't able to use the character that they wanted to use, maybe they kind of should have just taken a step back and, and maybe kind of rewritten some of the stuff and, and eliminate some of that, uh, which was, what I think was a lot of the weak stuff uh, in the, in the series. Uh, uh, Nuno, what were your thoughts on the main storyline? Well, um, now that I hear that the leader was originally planned to be the mastermind, I think it would have been a good bridging point for bringing back that same character, same actor, because, you know, the Captain America film, it's still a few years away. And uh, I I liked one thing that was kind of funny was um, the scenes like uh, with uh, Mark Ruffalo as uh, Dr. Banner, um, he makes reference well, well, uh, because Abomination is in this. They kind of take it back to that Incredible Hulk movie with Ed Norton, and they make some references to stuff that happened, obviously in that movie. Um, so since they're throwing in all of these Hulk characters, like in the end, they introduce another Hulk. You know, when we get there, um, I thought you know, I think the leader thing would have been a better a better reveal the intelligentia stuff. Yeah, it was a bit obvious. I mean, meeting the trolls head on kind of knowing that this backlash is going to happen with that demographic, regardless of the quality of the show. Um, I, I was surprised that it was the big run through like a uh, storyline. And I really wasn't crazy about how it ended up like that Todd character. Is yeah. that his name? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, yeah, he, he makes your skin crawl and he is really I thought he worked well in small doses, like on the on the on the um when they meet up on the date, he seems like a fanboy. And then when he kept on showing up, I was kinda like, ah, oh, he's just he, he's good at being what he's supposed to be, but maybe a little obvious and I think I would have liked more of the courtroom stuff. Can, can I just say, like, in, in terms of the idea of, like, a lot of the villains of the show are just kind of, like, normal people in a way, right? Yeah. Like, like they do bring in some other Marvel characters and stuff, but I do kind of like that idea that, you know, it's not about, like, big fights every week. You know, sometimes it's just these goofy people that are hurt the villain she has to deal with. I do like that, but... Yeah, it's just doesn't always in terms of the that that main storyline. It it's yeah, kind of a kind of a wet noodle, I guess. They kept I, going back to the same characters all the time as well. I would have liked to see in some of the later episodes, like they did bring in Daredevil. But what I was really hoping for myself, like I, I read a lot of Thor comics growing up when Titania was like the main sort of villain in the show. I was really ho- hoping we were going to get an absorbing man cameo, right? Like at least yeah, definitely. one more fight where the absorbing man like is defending Titania. They have one more smack them up uh, to me. Like, even if they just like kind of snuck that in, uh, that would have made my day. Cause I like the absorbed man quite a bit. So there were, uh, uh, I actually just read an, an interview with uh, the creator and I guess there were early on when they were plotting out the series, uh, there was a discussion on how they could somehow fit Ed Norton into the series. 
um, which would have been interesting to to see what exactly they would have done with that. Uh, but Doug, you you brought up uh, uh, some uh, like uh, a villain that you would have wanted to see, but we did get quite a fair share of uh, of villains. I mentioned Mister Immortal uh, earlier. And uh, we got uh, we got the leapfrog uh, in one episode, um, but I, I think the the most interesting characters uh, were the ones that were surrounded by uh, Emil Blonsky, the abomination in his uh, like self care retreat. We had some uh, low rent villains uh, like uh, Porcupine, and uh, we had uh, Saracen, uh, who's a, a vampire ish character. Um, who else do we have there? Um, oh, uh, El Aguila, who uh, is actually a mutant in the Marvel comics. So this is now officially the second mutant that has appeared in the in the MCU after uh, Ms. Marvel. So uh, they're starting to slowly bring uh, these characters in. And when I say slowly, the, I, I mean slowly and with <laughs> some obscure uh, characters. characters. Yeah. Um, and uh, who was the... Uh, oh, Manbull. Manbull was the other uh, uh, villain that was. Uh, w- w- these guys were all trying to better themselves. And uh, now, are these real characters? Like they're in no, the. Comics? These are all like real Marvel cool. villain characters. Um, obviously, not a lot of uh, uh, plans for these characters in future <laughs> MCU product uh, projects. Yeah, obviously. So yeah. Uh, they uh, these were uh, uh, up for the picking. Um, but I, I, I did enjoy, uh, that storyline with, of how, uh, like Emil was trying to get away from being the monster and how he had more control over himself and he'd paid his debt to society and, uh, um, starting this, uh, retreat, uh, uh of like well-being and self-help and meditation and all that stuff. And, uh, I kind of enjoyed, uh, that episode and seeing, uh, those characters, uh, specifically in the, um, in the group therapy session where uh, Jennifer was talking about how she felt stood up by that guy. And they were really trying to make her feel better and convinced Fucking her to Josh. Yeah. Delete, delete the phone number from their phone. I thought that was a, actually a really good scene and, and a pretty good episode. Um, did you guys enjoy the, uh, the uh, abomination turned uh, guru? I didn't hate it. I mean, like I thought it was kind of cool, like seeing Emil Blonsky back in there uh tim roth right that's his name tim roth yes yeah thought he was good i mean like yeah it, i mean I, it was fine it kind of it felt in the same vein as the show like the, the vibe of the show um yeah i like that episode as well too the whole kind of like it, it literally turned into a just like the self-confidence of people when they get stood up in dating and like the a slice of her life at that time you know what i mean and like uh, friends that you know became f- people became friends that were that she had no interest in talking to kind of like that it was just it was it was a sweet episode i thought i remember thinking it was pretty good and that's i think that was the episode i realized i'm like what am i watching here you know what i mean like i saw she hulk sitting in a chair at a, at a, at a doctor in a, a yoga room and that's all i saw of her and but i still enjoyed the episode you know what i mean so i think that's when i realized that i was actually enjoying the the show without the action in it now, uh, so Dax, you weren't familiar with any of these uh, villains. No, other- I just I assumed that they were like either made up for the show. Like I, I figured they were supposed to be like no name D list, <laughs> E list villains, but I didn't know they actually existed in the comic. Which I guess I should have realized. They're pretty thorough about that stuff. So, 
Yeah, I, I had a feeling that they were real, but I didn't recognize any of them at the retreat. But um, uh, speaking of uh, D-list villains and Hulk villains, the uh, the guys who first attack her with like the magical weapons, like the oh. one guy refers to, like I had a magical wrench or whatever. The, the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew. I thought so. Okay, and and they're they're Hulk villains too, right? Well, and that's that was one of the more egregious things for me in this series is that the Wrecking Crew uh, are these badass dudes that have uh, like strength to use and wield as guardian weapons. And they, in the comics, they routinely beat the shit out of Thor and Captain America and <laughs> Iron Man. And then they cast these, like these scrawny dudes and uh, just, they, they get the shit kicked out of them by, by She-Hulk. And it was kind of a shame because uh, they were, they're, they're actually pretty, I, I don't know if they're interesting characters, but they're pretty cool characters um, with the, the, the weapons. Like the one guy's got like, uh, well, the one guy had a, he had like a hard hat that was like glowing in the show, but he, <laughs> he normally has this whole get up around his head. The one guy's got like the ball with the chain on it. And the dude's got a, yeah. the main guy, the wrecker has got a pretty cool crowbar. Um, Doug, you're familiar with the Wrecking Crew, I'm sure. Yeah, and that like uh, one of the, th- I really didn't like the look of them at all. Like the, yeah. the the costuming with regards to the Wrecking Crew, their weapons, it was all like terribly lame, and that was like a low point for me because it's like you know what, like if you have a Wrecking Crew, at least make them look good, right? If She Hulk's gonna mop the floor of them, that's fine, but they looked terrible. It was very strange. Um, Sean, from big fan of the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> Not familiar with the Wrecking Crew, but all oh, these I... characters we're talking about is definitely the area where it started to feel a bit like the Tick to me. So I, I was, right. I was sure. down, down for it. Um, so we also uh, we had this episode with a uh, uh, magician, uh, uh, Donnie Blaze, um, <laughs> which is the fourth episode. First of all, uh, strange character name choice considering you know ghost riders out there and he's johnny blaze so very weird that the this this name kind of snuck by but so this guy's like a a terrible uh vegas musician um, a musician magician who uh spent some time training with uh, the sorcerer supreme and and uh so this is where we get uh uh an appearance from wong um and uh and probably the 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 breakout character of this series, uh, a girl by the name of Madison, uh, with two N's and a Y, but it's not where you think is her catchphrase. And uh, Dax, you look confused. You <laughs> don't remember I'm Madison? remembering that, but I don't remember it. <clears throat> Refresh me, Madison. Madison was the Let's get Froyo. That's right. What's she, that? She hung out with uh, Wong watching The Sopranos. And oh, wanted... yeah. I like that, actually. Yeah, she's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. She spoiled The Sopranos twice. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's... yeah, actually, I like that. And that was amazing. They, they had a, they had a uh, uh, what do you call it? What's the thing at the end of the credits or whatever? Stinger. The, with, Stinger with her yeah. at the end where they were still hanging out and stuff. It was pretty yeah. funny. Or cute. It was cute. So that was my favorite episode. And... <laughs> that actress patty guggenheim killed that character like to me out of anybody in the show she made the most of her opportunity it's a throwaway character and she absolutely destroyed it like the the scenes that she had with wong were great um she was funny like just that was the real highlight for me was her performance and like i was reading like other people noticed like it's being talked about and uh yeah totally a breakout 
the star, which is funny because it's a character that steps through a portal a couple of times and all of a sudden steals the episode. And uh, I wanted to see more of her going forward. Wasn't there, but maybe we'll see uh, a Wong and Madison uh, series coming up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is anyone else? I mean, I get it's a good, you know, vehicle to bring or a glue to bring all of these shows together, but is I'm getting kind of the whole Wong thing. Wong's not necessarily too much stuff. <laughs> not necessarily it's it's him. Like I'd be I'd be the same with Doctor Strange, like whoever's doing the fucking portals and you know, like helping every like I get it. It's he's the source of Supreme and it's like dealing with all these issues, but I don't know, it's just feeling a little too much for me at this point. Like he's just in everything. Or there's always in like yeah, and like him having to like if he's so like they try to make him super serious. I guess it's the show is it I don't know, for some reason he just didn't fit in with the like in the episode where they have him come to the Blonsky court, like he comes to uh testify or something like that. You know what I mean? And it's just like I don't know, it seemed a bit much for me, whereas like he's he's like <clears throat> the source of supreme and he's doing the, you know, I mean, I know that and I guess I'm kind of going against what I said that the show is meant to be funny and out of there, but it just something about it bothered me. It pisses me off, okay? Damn. <laughs> Damn. So do you do you want Wong to be more serious because he's the no. sorcerer supreme? No, no, sorry. I went on a tangent. What I want him to be is not in every single Marvel thing that we've seen Got since right. since <laughs> um uh I guess what would it be? Endgame. Well, Jen said that, you know. Uh, Wong is going to be in this episode because he's like Twitter armor, but he's not fucking uh, Dax armor, I guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot she said that. Yeah. But uh, like this, uh, this Madison character, like, um, like the internet kind of blew up talking about this character to the point where I, I think a couple days later, because um, you know, Marvel always releases their character posters. Well, fucking Madison, all of a sudden on all the Marvel social media, had her own character poster because everybody loved this character so much. That's awesome. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get uh, Madison in the future somewhere. Um, but uh, a lot of people were, were trying to dig for a little bit of Easter eggs when she was telling the story about how she got back and how she made a, a deal with oh, a, yeah. a, a demon. And, and all of a sudden everybody like going way back to WandaVision. Anytime there was some sort of, uh, thing where they weren't sure everybody was like oh it's mephisto they're finally bringing mephisto in and uh, maybe this is how they're going to bring mephisto in well it turns out they've marvel has actually casted mephisto for the mcu and uh he will appear in uh, the Ironheart series which is coming out uh, i think it's next year uh which is a character that's being introduced in, the, in wakanda forever i don't know if you guys saw the casting news but the the MCU's devil is being played by Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, wow. wow. Did not know that. That's cool. But also Madison is secretly Mephisto, right? Is that the big, I, I would the big think reveal? So. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And as always, like a lot of these uh, people that uh, like analyze these Marvel shows, and they look for stuff that isn't there. Like there's a moment where, um, uh, Jen's lock lock her. Uh, I can't remember what her character's name is. Nikki, Nikki, yeah. Is it? yeah. Um, she briefly makes eye contact with uh, the camera, mm-hmm. um, and people all of a sudden were screenshotting that with uh, the screenshot of uh, Agatha from WandaVision looking into the camera, and they're like, "Oh, like 
this is uh, uh, Nikki's going to be the villain behind the series. Like people just went insane. Like they and do. With, she was, and she was wearing a pentagram. That's I right. Think. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe they they're putting this shit into the show on purpose just to fuck with people, uh, just to get them to talk about it and get stuff trending on social media. And if it is that's if that's what they're doing, it's kind of genius. Marvel is probably Marvel is probably also writing and planting all the IGN articles the next day. <laughs> yeah, right? definitely. Probably. You guys definitely noticed a lot more shit than I did watching this show. I just kind of surface leveled it, and that's why I think I liked it so much. I think it's meant for surface level. Not that it's not cool to start, have like Easter egg shit. But. You just got to start reading IGN, that's all. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, in a, I don't know if we talked about this, but in Moonshadow, um, there were, anytime there was a QR code, like in the background, like you know they're in a hospital or something, if you scan that QR code, you got a free online Moon Knight comic. Like that, that was a pivotal issue of Moon Knight would be available for you. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Cross, cross marketing. That's uh, that's the way they got to go. Um, so we get into episode eight, uh, which is the, which is when we finally get Daredevil. And it's what uh, everybody who's been watching the show was waiting for. Like, how is, how is the MCU going to handle Daredevil? Um, you know, we saw him in the in the Netflix series, and he was super violent and bloody. And and how is the MCU going to incorporate this character by keeping its edge? And uh, first of all, they they gave him the classic uh, red and yellow costume, which I thought was amazing. Ketchup uh, and mustard, as Jen yeah, says. Right? That's right, that's the ketchup good. and mustard uh, color scheme, uh, which uh, I really love that look of Daredevil. And then, uh, so they take this badass, violent character who beats people to a bloody pulp, and uh, and then in that episode, they just hook him up with She-Hulk, and uh, they have great sex in the episode, and and then Daredevil does the walk of shame uh, in his bare feet, and and like I don't know if, if this was their way of um, just kind of saying screw you for all these people that just wanted this violent character or question what they were going to do, uh, but honestly. I thought that Jennifer Walters and and Matt Murdock play off each other was was some of the best stuff in the show, and it's probably because of the two actors who are both really good, um, like Charlie Cox and Tatiana Maslany. They're talented, and I think they had really good chemistry. So I kind of like that the, that's the direction they went to, and and you know the fact that they're both lawyers, and um, I'd be interested in to see uh, where that goes if that actually is going to go anywhere in the future but uh um i thought they did pretty good with the, with the daredevil stuff they had some they had some good action sequences in that episode what do you guys think you know yeah i i think uh, right off the bat like when uh when daredevil is on uh leapfrog's car and he uh she hulk stops the car and he kind of flips off i was like they they really showed a side of daredevil which the netflix series didn't show because the netflix series i loved it and I'm a big Daredevil comic fan. I still read the monthly uh, comics. Um, the Netflix series was really grounded. And I think the MCU one, the MCU take on him, it's very comic book. Like he's doing the crazy acrobatics. At one point, he throws himself off the side of a building and he's able to like grab onto other, you know, surfaces and kind of parkour his way out of there. Where really the Netflix series, like, our, that Matt Murdock, his arm would snap right off the second he tried to grab something when he's like falling at that speed. But it's cool. I, you know, definitely this show didn't have a lot of action. And like, you know, the, the opening montage training with Hulk had some, a little bit of action. 
they pretty much saved the budget for like that first episode and then like episode eight because yeah out of nowhere she's throwing cars at him she's destroying an entire parking lot um i liked seeing the lighter side of daredevil because he's not just a dark brooding guy he is a funny character in the comics and just like in the comic he's like marvel's himbo he's been coined as the himbo he's pretty much hooked up with every female um character in the marvel universe i didn't know that That's oh absolutely funny. like he, he he's been on and off with black widow all the time <laughs> like and, literally oh yeah <laughs> constantly uh you know there's Electra, obvious ones um yeah everyone's been with with daredevil so that, <laughs> i uh, i love that episode like i'm a huge daredevil netflix fan um i would say back when i was reading comic books daredevil and looking at the artwork daredevil there was a run of it that i was really really into and i think it was the, around the like actually it was probably more just like when i was in the warehouse looking at all the covers and stuff like that famous one where like it, it, like there was a run with the punisher or like one where like he got shot or they killed bullseye or bullseye killed elect whatever that whole thing was i was really into that and um uh, but the show I've watched the like three seasons of that show probably three times through. So I was when I when I I think I'd heard rumblings, but when I saw the helmet in that third episode or fourth episode or whatever, I got really pumped. I'm like, shit, they're gonna bring him in. And then I just I loved the whole episode he was in. I thought the I I love that um, they 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 got them like they did the flirty hookup thing. Um, uh, the fight I found like I thought they actually as far as the combat, especially when they're in the warehouse. It felt like he was doing everything he did in the show. Like he was like kicking the shit out of people, stomping them out, all that kind of stuff, which I thought was really good. Um, they had their like little, uh, it probably wasn't as long of a take, but they tried to do the whole hallway thing, you know, with like the one take fight yeah. sequence. And then she Hulk just slams down and kind of interrupts it. And there's your kind of comedy, you know, relief that fits the, the, ser- the series uh, overall. I don't. I, I thought they did a really good job with that. I, I really enjoyed it. The Walk of Shame was funny. I thought it was great. That was like my favorite episode by far. Doug, you're nodding your head in agreement. Yeah, I liked how they set it up. I like how it was She Hulk versus Daredevil in the courtroom, and I like how they went for a drink. Uh, the camaraderie was good. The Walk of Shame was hilarious. I really liked that very <laughs> much. And uh, yeah, the fight scenes were good with Daredevil. Like uh, the Daredevil She Hulk storyline was was really good and uh, i thought it was a good way to introduce that character into the mcu and going forward with him is going to be uh fun to watch sean yeah I, I enjoyed it as well i mean i only saw like the first half of the first season of daredevil but i mean I, I i've yeah i, I don't know it, too much filler in that show for me oh but my I, god I, I do want to give it another shot <laughs> at some point but uh I, you know what, like, I've feel like I've heard a lot of negativity about it. Maybe not a lot, but some just because kind of like what you guys are saying, like the tone of the, of the Netflix series is de- definitely different than She-Hulk. Uh, but I thought that's where Marvel's kind of s- stepping in and being like, this is how we do it. You know, like we can balance both and it doesn't have to be super dark all the time we can still have fun with these characters and yeah i was i like the i like the costume too i didn't know that that's what his original outfit was i mean it was kind of weird because i feel like in different lighting i could not quite i was like what color is that like i couldn't tell until near the end but but it was cool um so that brings us to uh uh the final episode which uh 
was the big reveal of who is the the Hulk King, and uh, we got the 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 big battle in in the cabin, and they brought in all the characters, and then uh, Jennifer Walters uh, hits that record scratch and kind of stops the story, um, complaining about how none of it makes sense, and then uh, Disney Plus crashes in the show, um, She Hulk uh, breaks out of the of the lock screen and then moves into a different show. And this is where we get super meta uh, with her showing up in the writer's room for the She-Hulk television series. And, um, and uh, this is where Sean was like, give me that fucking popcorn. And this is where Doug was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I was somewhere in between, but then by the end went, you know what? I mean, that's what the whole show is like that. So right. Like it is what it is. And so we we had our first, uh, I think, voiceover appearance of uh, Kevin Feige uh, in the MCU. I'm pretty sure he was the one that voiced because it was uncredited in the credits. So I don't think it was him. I think they oh, asked him too, but I'm pretty sure I read that he t- turned it down or something. I think. Lame. But uh, uh, so um, it was it was it was out there, you know. She uh, Hulk having a conversation with this robot that is in control of the mcu and taking stuff out of uh the scene and and restarting it and um you know it was it was very odd um it fit well with the the tone of the comics and it it fit well with what has been going on with the the rest of the the series with a lot of the fourth wall breaks uh but it was a lot i like uh i didn't like it i think i'm where where dax is I i didn't love it but i didn't fucking hate it um uh nuno where were you on this um i wasn't crazy about like super meta stuff um does seem a bit pandering like it's oh it poked fun at itself like you know they they kind of talk about uh how all marvel stuff ends up uh yeah i wasn't i wasn't a fan trying i did have a thought about it though um oh okay Uh, probably the funniest thing she says in it when she's saying, you know, this is my show. Um, I'm She-Hulk. I, 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 I can smash the fourth wall. I can smash this and that. And then she says, I can smash Matt Murdock. And she looks at the camera. I was like, yeah, right. that was that was funny. Right, yeah. like that was, um, that was pretty good. But yeah, the whole, like, the whole conversation with the, the Kevin AI, it seemed a bit overdone. And I haven't seen the new Space Jam from last year, but apparently... <laughs> it definitely was similar. Isn't yeah. that reminiscent? Like, I heard that Don Cheadle plays, like, an evil AI who pretty yes. much is, is, is the corporate mastermind. And I'm like, they just pulled the same crap. They, they just space jammed She-Hulk in the finale. Like, <laughs> it's fucking space jam three. She's been space jamming uh, Matt Murdock. She could say that. <laughs> the, uh, the first time that I was ever experienced to something that you would call uh, meta and uh, was, in, was in Spaceballs. When, uh, oh, they're, yeah. tr- when the, oh, yeah. they're trying to find... Uh, the heroes and they pull out Spaceballs the movie and then they <laughs> yeah. watch it uh, in the movie and uh, we're still um, in the middle of filming it. That's right. <laughs> so like uh, it was pretty, it was pretty clever back then. Um, so it was it was kind of interesting for the uh, uh, to see them kind of use the 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 same idea almost uh, in this in this uh, finale uh, episode. Um, yeah, but for me, like the I, I think overall the the show ended on a little bit of a downer note um 
but I did enjoy the the family barbecue at the end where Matt got to meet uh, yeah, all, of, yeah. all of Jennifer Walters' family, and I kind of uh, um, ended nicely. And then we had the final stinger with uh, 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 Wong once again breaking uh, Emil Blonsky <laughs> out of prison, and I'm assuming this time for for good. Uh, so who knows where where that's gonna go in the future? What's the deal with the Hulk and his son? It, that must be a comic thing too. Like from when he goes off to yeah. So I that's, saw, that's I that's saw that coming. Thing. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know that story arc. Is that like um, obviously it's true and they're bringing it in, or they would do you think they're actually gonna go with that or no? Yeah, it was a big story called a uh, World War Hulk in the comics. Yeah, and uh, we got a little bit of that in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, with the Hulk and his battle armor. And uh, um, so that's kind of where uh, I think the Sun <clears throat> character uh, comes from. Um, I, I I did read somewhere where uh, I think uh, we just passed the deadline for uh, Universal being able to uh, lay claim to uh, uh, producing rights from a movie with, with the Hulk's name. And that's why we haven't seen a Hulk movie uh, because the the first one that came out, it was co-produced by Universal Pictures, and you know Disney and Universal, they don't particularly want to work together anymore. So um, there was a X amount of time uh, before that would run out, and so I believe now, uh, if Disney wanted to, they could produce television shows and movies uh, with the Incredible Hulk in the name and with uh, Namor in the name, because those two characters were under rights issues with uh, Universal. But I think that has now expired. And I believe one of the movies that they haven't announced yet for phase six in 2025 or 2026 will probably be a World War Hulk movie, um, which will give it that much time away from the end of the the Universal deal. So there's no uh, issue with that. And so I do think that's where that is leading. We're going to get that type of a movie saying, showing kind of what happened. And I mean, we do. We might actually, you know, we 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 didn't really get to see She-Hulk do any boning, but we know it happened. But now we're gonna get to see the Hulk do some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd like important. to go back to Sikar. Like, uh, what is it? Ragnarok is like the best Thor movie, but it's also the best Hulk movie. And I think that's one of the reasons oh, yeah, why I like it oh, so yeah. much. It's my favorite. Is, uh, the Hulk storyline with Thor, their bantering back and forth, really made the movie. And mm-hmm. I think what was missing from the most recent Thor movie is you don't have that Hulk character to kind of go back and forth with Thor the way you did in Ragnarok where it works, where it's completely silly. And all of a sudden it falls flat in the newest Thor movie where you have Christian Bale as the enemy and it's hyper serious and tones all over the place. But yeah, I'm looking forward to any new uh, Hulk movies. That's for sure. And I guess, I guess, technically, if we do, if it's the World War Hulk, he'll be back to Rage Hulk, right? Because I feel like the new, as much as I love the Hulk character and stuff like that, like everything from Infinity War or whatever on, yeah. he's been he's been like Mister Fix It version, weird gray, green, gray Hulk mix, whatever. And it's just not as. In, I felt like the the thing that made Hulk awesome for me in the first movies was the rage monster that you couldn't tell if he was going to be angry or like fight with them. You know what I mean? Like punching Thor off the, the, when he landed, you know, and just like those little moments were awesome. And that's what made him great. And he was like that 
he that's why i feel like ragnarok was perfect because he, he was like right on that edge where it's like he was talking now as much as i didn't like his weird auto-tuned voice but like he was talking now but he was still the the angry you know snippy hulk you know for the most part so, yeah i i do kind of hope they they get back to that hulk character because uh, i think uh um he's more interesting that way right yeah. than, than 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 smart hulk as yeah. they talk about how you know they don't get to pick their names and that's just uh, what they've been dubbed uh but that's uh that's she hulk uh, attorney at law and uh so we'll get into our uh, superlatives um so we can start with our, our favorite uh, secondary characters um uh my favorite secondary character was uh was melvin walters <laughs> who was uh, jennifer walters father Mm, was yeah. played played by the great Marklin Baker, and if you don't know who he is, he was Larry Appleton on the incredible television show Perfect Strangers. He was he was cousin Larry Appleton. That's right. <laughs> uh, so now that we've got Larry in the MCU, I think we got to get Bronson Pinchot. Yep. Uh, into into someone into someone, maybe he's in Wakanda forever, and we'll just be surprised. Uh, he should have been Namor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, definitely, man, my uh, my favorite second uh, secondary character was Melvin Walters. Dax. Dare I say, this is going to blow your minds. <laughs> Dare I go out on a limb and say that maybe us as a secondary character with the amount of fourth wall breaking and the fact that basically <laughs> the fact that she basically whoa. sucks us into the show whoa. every too three meta. minutes. It's, it's too meta. No, I'm so meta. I'm breaking the meta-ness of this conversation by saying that we are now in this show. So I'm going to say us. I'm I'm in. That's that's a good choice. You like that, Sean? <laughs> yeah. Sean, you you actually what well, you recently had a weird was it you that had a weird secondary character choice or was it uh Zach in the in the bear show? Didn't one of you guys like pick the restaurant or something like that? <laughs> I well, I wasn't on the Chicago, episode. Was it? But yeah, I think Zach did that just to troll Frank, right? Yeah, I think he picked the restaurant as his <laughs> favorite secondary. <laughs> uh Nuno, favorite secondary I... character. I also had Melvin Walters played by Mark Lynn <laughs> yes. Baker. I love Perfect Strangers. I watched it to the bitter end. I, I remember. Do you remember this? Um, towards the dance the of end, joy. Yes, I do remember the dance of joy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, I, I thought. Um, I think when it was like in ratings trouble, I think it went off the air temporarily. And then when it came back, um, Larry and Balky both married their girlfriends. Yes. And then they bought some like house out like in the suburbs, kind of like what I Love Lucy did in the in the end when they bought a farmhouse. And it was all just kind of it wasn't in the city anymore. And it was kind of awful. But I, I haven't I haven't revisited it. I never bought the DVD box sets or anything, but loved that show. Doug. Madison all day long. Oh yeah. That's fair. Love 
Love I honestly character. forgot about her to be honest, but yeah, she she was good. Sean, uh, I had a hard time with this just because there were, I thought there were a lot of kind of memorable secondary characters, but I'm gonna pick two because they're I feel like they're kind of a pair. I'm gonna say Nikki and Pug. I like I think they're kind of you know they don't really jump out as being hilarious, but like I liked whenever they were on screen and I thought they played well off each other. So, did you like them when they were in the Marvel store? Or she, they were going to get the um, pug is the guy lawyer, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When they when they went to the, the 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 fashion guy's place and had to do like the password, but then they ended up going and having to buy like oh the Avengers shields, oh, yeah. shields and t shirts and shit. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> All the bootleg stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pug, pug, a secondary character. Uh, uh, his introduction uh, where he, he he drew a map to Jennifer to f- find the best washroom for pooping. Was uh, was like his like his like intro moment, and really that's yeah. that's good advice. That's an office bro for life, a hundred percent. Recasting choices, uh, uh, Dax. What do you got? Um, recasting. Yeah. Okay. I'm recasting uh, the abomination design in this one, so we're going okay. CG. Replace that CG design with the one from the Incredible Hulk. Sure. Because I hated, like, I get what they like. They went with the um, the new Hulk, where like it looks like what's his face, right? Yeah. Like if you know, so they're like, oh, let's put Abomination's face on, or you know, Roth's face on this Abomination. But it literally just looks like him with fucking fin ears. It's it's just it's not a good amalgamation. And I like the there's I like the Abomination design in the first one. So I'm I'm uh, recasting a, a CGI character in this one. The, the Abomination. Uh, the the fins weren't on the original look. But, That's and true. The, fin, the fins are pretty iconic with the uh, of the drawing. Character. I agree. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. A pro- I don't have a problem with the fins. I don't have a problem with changing it. I just feel like the fact that it literally, when he grows, it's almost like they have like a little Tim Roth head on Abomination. You know what I mean? Like it was just really weird. Like I wasn't a huge fan of that. So I want to go back to the old Abomination, put some fins on it, and call it a day. Uh, Nuno, um, I had um, Sam Anderson who played. Uh, Larry and Belky's boss, Mister <laughs> Mister Gorpley from Perfect Strangers, um, to to replace to replace Jennifer's boss, uh, Holden Holloway. Nice, well That's done. That's a good one, Nuno. Mister Gorpley, yes. I, you know what? He because he, he had that dry like um, Jennifer's boss in this. He had that dry kind of like personality, yeah. you know, old white dude with white hair. I'm like, oh, Sam Anderson, he's he'd be perfect. Gorpley was so like dead eyed and so like deadpan and hilarious. I think he'd be a good fit. Sean. All right. This is going to get a little crazy, but I'm saying recast Charlie Cox. Oh, with Ben Affleck, because if you <laughs> no. want to troll the toxic Marvel fans, that's how you do it. That's, that's that's a good troll. That's a good troll move. Yeah. No, Doug, Doug is applauding Sean right now yes. for those who can't see. Uh, I love Doug, Charlie Cox. What's so, your recasting uh, choice? So I would recast the Josh Miller character with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> okay. Now, what's because your reasoning behind Keanu that? Keanu Reeves didn't text me back, I'd be worried too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to... Uh, uh, I'm going to keep shitting on uh, uh, the wrecking crew and uh, like these guys were, were just so poorly cast. I mean, if you're going to cast the wrecker, you need like a, like a, a big, strong, like 
menacing type dude. And uh, I think the best choice for that would be uh, Big Bang Theory's Jim Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, man. Like, I totally thought you were going with a wrestler or something. Yeah, I was like, too. oh, he's changing it up. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's go into our uh, top five uh, moments. Uh, Dax, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so are we going, you know, five to one, right? Sure. So I'm sorry. I'm always terrible. And I don't do research as everyone who listens knows, um, the actor of the main actor, uh, what's her name? Tatiana. Maslani. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I love her as, as Jennifer Walters. I thought she was great. Uh, I thought, I mean, she's obviously a beautiful woman, but like how they have her in this, she looks very, I guess as, as much as you can say, she looks like a generic, you know, kind of nerdy, unassuming kind of girl in this i think she pulls it off well and i think her acting in it is great uh number four uh being happy with relatively no action in the show so actually enjoying it without the classic mcu action was was made me happy um three the first episode getting to see the hulk uh and like the interacting with her and and doing the whole training bit even though it was a bit over the top i still any at the i was this is only now am I starting. To, I re- just recently rewatched Infinity and uh, Endgame, and I'm just starting now to get kind of annoyed with that version of the Hulk. But I was liking it during watching the show. Um, to the intro of the finale episode in the Incredible Hulk style. Oh yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about that. I love the uh, the uh, the fi- I think it was the final episode, right, where they did the completely TV show Incredible Hulk. Yes, yeah, thing with the her, Savage She Hulk. Yeah, thing. the Savage She Hulk. I thought that was fucking cool. Like it looked, it just because I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I remember being like probably five or something like that when that show was out. Like I have like very snapshot images of that intro and and that whole style of that show. And uh, it was very cool to see that done perfectly in this. Uh, and obviously, number one is my, the Daredevil appearance and the whole episode of uh, so episode seven or eight or whatever that was. It was by far my favorite part of the whole show i have no problem with that entire episode as far as i'm concerned i thought it was done very well uh my top five um uh the uh the fourth wall stuff specifically uh where she's having the conversation with uh with uh bruce uh and about abomination asking if she can represent him and 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 uh, bruce says you know i'm a completely different person now literally and she looks at the camera and goes ha and uh i thought that was uh that was really good it was kind of a, a good brief uh uh fourth wall moment um uh number four would be the 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 tv show uh the 1978 hulk tv show intro parody um they even got uh um uh mark ruffalo was wearing like the canadian tuxedo the 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 denim shirt and the denim pants like bill bixby wore and he was even posing in the, the same stance that he was uh uh from the from the original uh thing so they nailed that uh, really well um the uh the jen matt murdoch banter um number two would be daredevil's red and yellow suit and uh, uh my favorite moment was uh um it was just a, a a comment that Jennifer said to Nikki and she asks if the Avengers get paid and they do not because we know that fucking Falcon could not get a goddamn <laughs> bank loan in Falcon oh, yeah. and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was a reference to that, but the Avengers do not get paid. <laughs> uh Nuno, what you got for your top five? Okay, number five. Um I have the co-workers, uh Nikki and Pug. And I think my favorite scene was 
like the uh, the the Marvel drip guy who had the Ovengers and the Avengers uh, merch. Um, number four, I have uh, first two episodes with Mark Ruffalo. Oh, was it two episodes or first episode, whichever? Yeah. Um, I liked. I actually didn't like the Professor Hulk, Smart Hulk, in Infinity War, but I like him now. I liked him in this series. Um, number three. I have uh, Charlie Cox, uh, the awesome chemistry that he had with Tatiana Mislani, and their whole hookup thing was hilarious. If, and um, if that was Ben Affleck, that would be really difficult to watch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then I have uh, number two, the, uh, the Amazing Incredible Hulk uh, homage that opened up the final episode was amazing. And then um, number one, uh, just Tatiana Maslany, uh, Canadian-born from Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, she's an amazing performer. She carries the show. She is just so watchable, so likable, so funny. Um, yeah, she's perfect. Perfect casting as okay. uh, as Jen Walters. Sean. Uh, I'm going to go number five, Mark Lynn Baker. You guys already said it, but it was just great to see him on screen again. Uh, number four, uh, I'm going to say the magician episode, which I think Doug referenced, but I think that also was when the show kind of clicked for me and I was really enjoying it. Uh, number three, I'm going to say just cameos in general. Like, you know, I kind of, a lot of the kind of Marvel Easter egg cameo stuff bugs me sometimes, but I felt like in this show, it was like a great way to do it. It's kind of like, you know, your weekly guest star kind of idea and just having somebody come in for an episode and then leave like was perfect. Uh, number two, the fourth wall breaking stuff specifically, I really liked the Disney plus menu thing because on my TV, Disney plus does freeze from time to time. <laughs> and it was like, it, it, I don't know. It was perfect. It worked for me. Um, and it's just cool. Cause it's like, they know that's how people are watching the show. Like that's the only way you can watch it right now, I, I guess, unless you're pirating it. So, um, and number one, just the episodic nature of the show. I think we should get more stuff like that where it's not, you know, if you miss five minutes of an episode, you're lost. Like, I, I just, you know, I like having something that kind of resolves within an episode and you're on to something new the next week or whatever. Doug? So for number five, what I really liked about this show, um, maybe more than almost any other show, was the credits. I really mm. liked the watercolor court sketch animations that they had. Um, it's set up and ended show. It was a recap to every show for whatever reason that really struck a chord with me. I thought it was true to the show being quote unquote, like a, a law related show. Um, but it also was a fun way to recap each and every episode um, with a new, new sketches each time. Uh, number four, I had uh, the camaraderie between She-Hulk and Daredevil at the bar. I really liked that. Uh, number three, I had She-Hulk versus uh, Titania in court. I really kind of liked how they reimagined Titania as an influencer, and they kind of tied the first three episodes together uh, to use what She-Hulk had said 
about herself against her and they worked out in the courtroom. That was fun. Um, number two, I had uh, Madison going through the portal for the first time with Wong. And then number one was the post credit scene at the end uh, with uh, Madison and Wong. And that was all ad lib, which was hilarious. The, uh, um, the one thing that we didn't mention uh, now that you brought up the, the, the post credit scene in the first episode, um, the, the post credit scene uh, is uh Jen pretending to be drunk to try to find out if Steve Rogers had ever had oh, sex course. before. And it ends oh, with yeah, her yelling course. Captain America fucks. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yes. That was very funny. Oh, uh, last note about the end credits. Uh, they were illustrated by a Sheridan alumni um, named, oh. K- named Kagan McLeod. He, uh, he graduated from the program a year ahead of me. And one of his classmates is also Marvel and DC superstar, uh, Chips Dar- Chips Darsky, who oh, wow. uh, who like writes Daredevil and Batman currently. He's also an illustrator. I was uh, quite a graduating year. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, very good nice. job. Good shout out. I also uh, forgot too. I do love the logo of She Hulk, like the like, how it looks. And I don't know if it's exactly. For, I mean, I know it's probably close to the comic and stuff of like that. But I just the way it was presented every time with like the underlining or whatever. Like it just it had a very cool. Like I just love that the colors, the green and purple, is so great and. I don't know. It, it just it looks really good. So let's uh, throw out some uh, star ratings out of five. Sean, what's your rating? Huh. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't even really thought of it. I'm going to say three and a half. Nuno? I, I'm a three. Dax? I'm an... <laughs> I was sitting at a four, but based on my energy in this conversation, I'm going four and a half. I'm four and a half banging this. I really enjoyed Whoa. the show. No. <laughs> um, I will. Uh, I'll give it a three, three and a half as well. Uh, Doug, what are you giving it? I'll give it a two. All right. Um, so before we wrap up, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, another Marvel project that showed up on Disney Plus. It's it's the first of their. Uh, special presentations that they're going to be uh, uh, continuing to do. And I think this is going to be a way for them to introduce uh, other characters without having to do a full series. Um, uh, I know the next special presentation is going to be the, uh, the guardians of the galaxy holiday special, which is coming uh, I think uh, in December. Uh, But I didn't want to talk about werewolf by night, which was uh, Marvel's, I, I guess their their second step kind of into Marvel horror. I mean, we got a little bit of that in the multiverse of uh, madness and we got a little bit of that uh, in the what if cartoons with the zombie episodes. But uh, uh, this was like a, a full on uh, live action uh, uh, character uh, that that uh, was from Marvel's era of horror comics from the early seventies, like Frankenstein had a comic and, you know, where my nights got one tomb of Dracula was a big Marvel comic in the seventies. Um, and so the character war of my night was, uh, was created way back in, uh, 1972. Um, now, now in, in the show, we, we only learn his name is, is Jack. Uh, but, uh, I think there's a reason they didn't give us full name because <laughs> the, the real name of the comic character is Jack Russell. <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking dog. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm assuming that's probably why they didn't go there. Uh, but the World by Night comic, really the most famous thing about it was that's where we had the first appearance of Moon Knight. Um, so that kind of ties in uh, to that as well. 
So this was like a, a 50 minute uh, special episode done in the, the style of the 1930s Universal Monster films. Um, it was directed by Michael uh, Giacchino um, and uh, uh, written by uh, Heather Quinn, Peter Cameron, and a little bit of Jerry Conway because the, he created the, the character Werewolf by Night. Um, and it stars Gail Garcia Bernal, Laura Donnelly as uh, Elsa Bloodstone, and uh, as well as Harriet uh, Sansom Harris. Um, so I really didn't know what to expect out of this, uh, but I thought this was fucking awesome. I thought it was one of the best things that Marvel has done in a very long time. Uh, it was a super easy watch with really compelling characters. I loved uh, the old school horror aspect. Like I loved those movies when I was a kid. I'm not a big horror guy, but I liked that stuff. I liked Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff and Lon Chaney and, and, you know, um, uh, Vincent Price's House of Wax. Like I liked all that shit. And so this was very reminiscent of a lot of that stuff. I thought the performances were great. It was all practical effects, like the, the, the werewolf makeup and like mm -hmm. all the hair. I thought it looked amazing. Like a lot of the wire work with all the stunts um, was very reminiscent of, of a lot of those old movies. I said, I thought all the performances were great. I thought it told a really good story. Um, we got the inner, like a great introduction of man thing, uh, who was a, it was a classic Marvel character from the seventies and eighties. Um, I just thought top to bottom, I thought this was great. So, um, uh, Dax, what did you think about this? Um, I was pleasantly surprised because I knew nothing about it. The only reason I knew man thing was even in it was because it, you put it in the, uh, email that when you said, watch the show. Cause I think introduction to man thing. And I don't know, again, here's another character. I know nothing about just saw comics of him in the, my dad's warehouse, but whatever. So I'm always kind of excited to kind of see how they can kind of get represented in these things. And, um, yeah, like I never watched any of the things that you said growing up, but it was very, what I like about it is like, they're what I think they're starting to do well with this Marvel stuff is that they're not super long. Right. So, I mean, even if you're not super, super into it, you can get through it and go, okay. You know what I mean? If that was two hours, I'm probably not, you know, it's probably going to be a bit much for me, but I thought it was a good uh, time. Uh, I agree with you. The story worked. the characters were, you know, you got just enough of each one to kind of get what was happening. Uh, the performances were good. I love the man thing thing man thing thing does he actually is that a power like does he actually like melt people or is that was that made up for this show no i don't know exactly what his powers are but that yeah he does do that sort of thing. okay because i mean i've never seen all i've ever seen is just covers of him standing there in the for in the swamp so i don't know what he does but anyways um i thought he was animated very well i love the character design the face the expression was done really well on him um yeah i agree with you that the the classic werewolf style uh, of the, like, the universal monsters thing was really cool. And uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I, I mean, it worked for me and I did really like the um, somewhere of the rainbow ending with like the color seeping and becoming and like clearly oversaturating it. Like it would have been done for like, you know, those, the wizard of Oz or like when they recolored those things. Um, I thought it was cool. Yeah. I thought it was really neat. Doug, what do you think? So I liked it. Uh, I agree. Man thing looked incredible. Like it was really, really good CG. Like at the end when they bled in the color, it looked very, very good. Uh, I really liked in particular the performance by the Butler who really over exaggerated, like you would see in a lot of the earlier films. Um, so it's like, 
you know, a lot of the silent movies, a lot of the uh, early Hollywood black and white stuff uh, did an incredible job. Uh, the one thing I, I, I wanted to see a bit more of is you introduce all these legendary killers and then they don't really fight much um, amongst themselves. There's a little bit of it. I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. Uh, but overall, I like the story. I like the look of the wolf man. And it was a, it was a fun 50 minutes. It was it was it was a good story. Yeah. Sean. Yeah, I really liked it as well. I mean, it's, I think it doesn't overstay its welcome, as Dax said. I think the recreating the look of these old movies, I think they're very successful in that. I, I liked kind of the setup and it's got a bit of a slow build to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I have that much to say about it, but yeah, it was a good time. And I think maybe a little more violent than I expected. Um, and I would be curious to see, like, I mean, as it stands right now, it, I like that it feels kind of standalone. It's just kind of this short story. I'm assuming they're probably going to do something more with man thing. I, I don't know, but, um, but I'd be curious to see more horror type stuff like this. Nuno. I absolutely loved it. I think Greg, you, you probably hit every note that I had, you know, taking notes on. Um, from the opening credit title, the opening title credits, that insane font that they used or that they designed looked so good. You know, yeah, the closing title cards, you know, when it says Werewolf by Night and it's got that amazing drop shadow on it, like I, I was getting chills at just how good it looked. Mm-hmm. I loved, I loved the sound, the look, um, all the character designs, the, the violence. It was definitely, you know, way more violent than uh, anything I think Marvel's done. I love the characters. Yeah, it was just fantastic. Uh, Man thing, uh, Ted was amazing. Is it Ted? Yeah, it was Ted. Ted yeah. yeah, Ted. Yeah. At, at first, at, when you saw his first glimpse, and he was kind of like hiding in like the um, the shrub wall. Yeah. I was worried that he'd be some puppet that you just see his head and hands. So I was like, <laughs> "What's going on?" And then when you finally see his whole body, I was like, "Wow!" Like they really pulled it off. Absolutely love this movie or special presentation. I thought, yeah, like I, I thought the music was great. I love that that uh, the set, like the location and the way they shot it, um, like that that weird stone maze type thing. I just, uh, it was just, it was so different from anything they've done before. But it still had, like, it, it started with uh, a shot of the original Avengers in black and white, and kind yeah, of yeah. faded into this new kind of like fairy tale uh, uh, story. Like, and marvelous slowly. Uh, introducing a lot of these uh, uh, characters, and I think they're probably going to gear towards like a like a Midnight Suns type thing, which was a Marvel comic that featured a lot of not these p- specific characters, but I think you know Moon Knight and also Bloodstone and Blade, and uh, you know and Werewolf by Night, and you know maybe we're going to get Ghost Rider at some point, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a, a, like a, a film or a series or, or something with, uh, with these characters, like to really, um, get more into the Marvel horror genre, I think would be super interesting because it's a, it's just a little bit different than what they're doing. Uh, but yeah, no, like a, a great 50 minute watch and, uh, just a really cool story and introducing a lot of characters, uh, whether his name is Jack Russell or not, is, it's fine. But, <laughs> there, uh, was, but- there, there was one other thing that I did like that I noticed that I thought it was an, a nice little visual touch too. I don't know if you guys saw it too, but they added those things that old film, like films used to have that, you know, they'd sync up reels. The that cigarette little, burn? Yeah, the flicker that would show All up right. in like the corner. 
like when they're changing the reels or how to line them up. So uh, that was kind of cool. I saw at least two of those and I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, it's kind of, it brings you back to that feel, right? Like yes. it, it keeps you just kind of as a fourth wall thing in a way makes you feel like you're watching something of that era. So that was cool. Um, quick rating out of five, Dax? Oh, all four bang this. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Nuno? A five. Five for me. Sean? I'll give it a four. And Doug? Four. Yeah, it's great. All right. Uh, uh, the one thing I did forget to mention, we did get one one question about uh, She-Hulk, and it's it's a doozy. So it was a question <laughs> from the group. It was on Twitter. It's from a guy, a person named Weir, W-I-R. Uh, does She-Hulk wear condoms, or is she a rar dogger? And rar is in like like this raw dogger. Well, no, R A W R, like rar, like right. doing the rars. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, does Daredevil keep condoms on his person at all times? And <laughs> yes. She Hulk an alcoholic. She She Hulk a Yeah. So uh, interesting so question. Like, uh, I would suppose that because Daredevil has such good echolocation that he's got unrivaled pullout game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the withdrawal method is strong in Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think he wears condoms. I think it's full raw dog, but I think he does pull out and he finishes on top. Oh yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh my. What what's the what's what's the current Pope's stance on on using birth control? Because we know that Matt Matt's a good Catholic that's boy. That's true. He's a good Catholic boy. He's very Catholic. Uh, all right. So uh, that about wraps up the show. Uh, Dax, where can people find you? Uh, DaxGordine.com. You can find me there. Um, got links to all my good stuff. So head on. Anything over. you want to plug? Uh, my <laughs> Patreon as per usual, uh, patreon.com slash Dax Gordine. You can go there to support my uh, creative endeavors, uh, and get all kinds of behind the scenes, uh, art and videos and whatnot. So yeah, come on and check it out. Nuno, what about you? Where can we find you? Um, just on uh, my website, um, Nuno P, that's N-U-N-O-P.com. It just has my portfolio, uh, comic covers, t-shirt designs, and links to all my socials. Sean? Uh, film junk on Twitter, uh, filmjunk.com. And I'm, I'll give a plug. This is comic book related. I'll plug a comic book that I worked Do on, it. uh, garden city. You can find it at gardencity.gumroad.com. Uh, Doug, where can people find you, uh, other than in downtown Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm blessed where I get to see Greg in Jackson Square periodically. I don't work in the office anymore, but we do celebrate Jackson Square together, and nice. it's always marvelous. Um, but you can find me on uh, Facebook under uh, Douglas Nagy now. Uh, I reverted back to my uh, my normal name, and uh, same on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, TV Junk Podcast, Ball Junk Podcast, both on Twitter. Gasman lives on Twitter. Gasman lives on Instagram. Uh, that's where you can find me. Uh, if you send me any messages, I will block you. Uh, thanks for, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh, checking out the show, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You can watch Mr. Rogers. You can watch Three's Company. And you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the Adams Family. Say, you can watch Barney Miller. You can watch your MTV And you can watch till your eyes fall out of your head That'll be okay